Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts. Brian Christopherson still on vacation here as we have reached July. Uh, Brunts, what, what is your favorite July memory? Like ever? Ever. What is the best thing that's ever happened in July for you? <laughs> uh, well, I got married in July. That, that was memorable. Um, yeah, you got that going for you. I, my daughter was born in July. That, that's also notable, I guess. Um, this question was not pre-planned for those wondering. I just said it for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Beyond those two, I, I'm trying to think. It's, July is kind of like a dead sports period, right? Like you, you have that in, in normal years, you have that terrible week where there's only the Major League All-Star game. Yep. And we don't even have that right now. So I, I don't know. There's not a, not a ton that I could probably go off of, um, recently at least. What, do, do you have a favorite July memory? Not especially, but I do have one that you're involved in. And it was drinking with Todd Peterson at the Billy Goat. Well, also Brian Christopherson. Uh, you know, I figured as a, as a listener of the podcast, we should at least give him a shout out for showing up. <laughs> to spend time with the three of us when he really didn't need to. But we, we appreciated it. Sometimes it ends up working out whenever you meet people on the internet in person. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we knew who Todd Peterson was before. Though I guess it was him meeting people on the internet. So uh, there was that. But no, I uh, again, I have no idea why I asked that question. I had no idea you got married in July. I did know your daughter was born in July. But yeah. So I, Todd Peterson is probably the drinker. Todd Peterson's probably number two in those memories. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't tell you which one's number one. No, I'll leave. I'll leave you to guess for that one. Well, someday when Daphne and and Courtney listen to this, and uh, <laughs> then they'll have to fight over which one of you, or which one of them is first. Yeah. All right. What. Uh, what are we doing on the show today? You're in charge of building it. What do you got for us? Yeah, I, it, it's, it's flimsy, um, I, I think <laughs> is the best way to say it. Uh, I had, it's a pre-holiday show? I had envisioned a grand mailbag, um, w- essentially a wheel without the wheel, because that way I, I don't have to actually spin it. I'm kind of tired. But um, basically, a, a couple questions off the site. Um, you and I had a couple quick topics. We can hit on a few of those. Uh, it won't be overly long but should we just should we hop right into it since you're asking about july let's do it because i don't know if i have good banter material this year i blew it all on that first (laughs) first two minutes you emptied the tank yep so obviously gonna be a lot of fourth of july barbecues or at least a lot of eating coming up um what is what is your favorite fourth of your favorite side of the fourth of july cookout and what is one side that is overrated that you'd get rid of I mean, I'll start with the one that I think is overrated that I get rid of. And it's not that it's overrated. I think it's out and out trash. I will never, ever understand why people like coleslaw. Brunts, why do you like coleslaw? What's good about it? It's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice kind of change up on the plate for any kind of barbecue item that you have. Is it the temperature change up? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like a – it's like eating a saltine or something like that. Like, it, it's like the <laughs> – What? It's like the barbecue palate cleanser. And then also, I, 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 I will say this in the defense of coleslaw. You can do some things to coleslaw to make it not suck. So maybe this is more about your sucky coleslaw and, and less about the, the 
utility of the dish overall. I just think it's there's never been a time where I've had a bite of coleslaw and been like, you know what, I was wrong all of these years. It's always been, I don't understand why people like this. I can eat it, I can choke it down, and I'll be fine. But I, I don't I don't understand. Like, my dad considers coleslaw to be the greatest of sides in the history of sides. You could give him, it would be number one on his power rankings. He will pick a restaurant based on whether he likes their coleslaw or not. This See, has that, happened multiple times in our life. No offense to your dad, but that's kind of weird. You can like, offend him as much as you want. <laughs> it, I, I mean, coleslaw is fine. And I, I think that your perhaps your family experience with coleslaw is causing a bit of a straw man here. I don't, I don't know that anybody is elevating coleslaw as highly as perhaps you're making it out to be. I, I, it's a fine side. I don't know that it's a, a lauded side. Yeah, I, just to expand on coleslaw slightly and my father, because why not? In a restaurant that's now closed in Columbus, the manager made the mistake of stopping by and asking him how his meal was, which if you don't have to talk to my dad, you should never open those doors uh, because he's always going to have an opinion. But my dad proceeded to tell him that their coleslaw wasn't very good and how they could make their coleslaw better and that they should really try to change it for a better coleslaw if they want to keep customers around. This was his first experience with the restaurant. The, the, that manager shouldn't have asked a question that he wasn't ready to hear the answer for. Absolutely. That manager just made a mistake of seeing a family that hated each other and thought, maybe I'll see how their days go. <laughs> it's going better than this coleslaw, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, that's, basically, that's basically how he answered it. I think because they tried to do something wild and crazy, like they put peanuts in their coleslaw, and he was very upset by this. Yeah, it, that's fair. Do you have a favorite now that you've uh, just you berated know, coleslaw? Yeah, just gone scorched earth on coleslaw. What's your this favorite? Was the, the one I answered in the thread on the board was mac and cheese, but I don't feel like I get that as often on 4th of July as maybe other people, but it's probably my favorite side just in general. Uh, I like a lot of them. Like potato salad, I absolutely love potato salad. A good potato salad goes a long way for me. Um, I think you're the opposite on this one. I don't think you're a potato salad guy at all. But oh no, that's not true. I I am oh. very much a potato salad guy. Okay. That, that it's the it's the Michael Jordan of sides. Okay, all right. Well, then I think we're uh, I guess we're closer on this than I would have realized. For some reason, I thought you were a big Mac salad guy. Well, I am. Uh, okay. I, I'm big. I'm a big kind of noodle salad, potato salad, any of that 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 kind of genre of salad on on a plate on Fourth of July. I'm all about. <laughs> I also I really like baked beans. Uh, you know, I feel like the we could spend the entire pot on ranking the holidays in terms of the food that they provide. But I feel like the Fourth of July or Memorial Day or Labor Day because they have a similar sort of food system. Those are uh, those are good holiday food groups for me uh, compared to other ones. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The the. The mac is a is a the mac and cheese as a side. I think is good about anywhere. Like, give it to me for Easter, Thanksgiving, yep. Christmas. It's Arbor, versatile. Arbor Day. I don't care. I, I'm uh, I'm all about the mac and cheese. President's so, Day. Yes. Whatever. Earth Day. Canada Day. Boxing Boxer Day. Day. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm all about that. So okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So that that's 
You got anything else on sides? No, I mean, I, I someone cornbread was one that was mentioned. I like that. I salad as a side is always fine. It's never you know like spectacular, but it's always fine. Um, no, I mean that's about it. Like some people really do it big though. Like they'll have pigs in a blanket as a side, or you know wrapped up um, jalapeno poppers or stuff like that. Like they they go big with it. More of the events that I feel like I go to. You you probably have your like your meat and your sides are separate. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, that's just it's, sort of how I. What what I could do without, and and when they're done well, they're fantastic. But I think generally, baked beans are pretty are, are kind of like they're just a you know they're just there for me. Yeah. Like, I think for me, it kind of just depends on the taste of the sauce or whatever. The bean is going to be the bean, right? I think too often, though, you get you get somebody that kind of sees it as like a, a an afterthought as a side, and you're getting like a heated up can of bushes, and and that's just not that doesn't cut it. Yeah, I, I think, no, I I think, think that's fair. I probably think about it in a similar way to, that you do about coleslaw, but perhaps not with the deep seated family history of of you know, what happened there. I probably dislike coleslaw more than you dislike the baked beans. So uh, partly just, I think, out of a visceral reaction to my father's love of coleslaw, I feel like I have to go pretty hard against it. <laughs> I feel like you've talked about this while sitting on a couch before. Uh, well, it all, it all are, goes are back you to implying, the, are you implying that I've had coleslaw. to have therapy over sides? <laughs> that is absolutely true. Absolutely so true. So we'll go. We'll, we'll transition from sides to a little bit more of a football-focused topic. Football, in case people are, you know, incensed by our food takes. Um, one reason why we should be positive for the Huskers that the Huskers will be better this year, and one reason why perhaps you should not be as optimistic. Well, I mean, I'm going to take the easy one and make you pick one that's a little bit harder. But I think the the biggest reason to me as to why you should be optimistic about Nebraska this year is the offensive line. I think it's going to be the best that they've had in several years. I think that they've made improvements each of the last couple of years. Cam Jurgens in the middle last year was good uh, at the end of the season after being a little bit uh, iffy early on. And I, I – Really like the move of Farniak inside. You get Bryce Benhart out there as a right tackle, or maybe it's Christian Gaylord or Grant Banks, but it's it's going to be Bryce Benhart. And I just I like the way that it sets up. And then that left guard spot, you know, we'll see who ends up there. But I, I think they're going to have a good offensive line, which brings it to this other point. I really believe in Dedrick Mills. I think Nebraska can win games this year with Dedrick Mills kind of being – a little bit of the guy that carries a lot of lifting on that offense uh, that they can put, you know, they can put a lot on him, but, and that, that could free up an Adrian Martinez to have a nice bounce back here. So I think it all kind of works together. Uh, and if, if you follow the, the Mike Schaefer chart of success for 2020, it starts with the offensive line, which leads to a good running game, which makes life easier for Adrian Martinez, who will be more successful this year than he had been last year. What do you think, Brooks? That seems to be a pretty easy flowchart to follow. Um, I'll, one reason why I think Nebraska has a chance to be better this year is I think that special teams will be improved um, from what it was last year. And that's not 
that's not a high bar to clear um, based on how last season went. But I think the fact that Nebraska really focused a lot of attention on uh, changing things in how they run special teams, new, new, uh, new personnel, Jonathan Rutledge coming in to run that, the fact that you added a lot of guys in the offseason at the punter spot, the kicker spot, I, you're not going to have the, the rotating cast of characters at kicker this year, or at least you shouldn't. And I think the fact that you're a little bit older in some spots on defense helps you on, on coverage units as well. Nebraska, I believe, is going to play a lot of close games. They played close games last season, and I think special teams really hurt them in a few of those. And, you know, when you're talking about a really tough back end of the schedule, um, you, you need to be better on special teams. You need to be better in field position, and I, I believe that Nebraska will be. How much better, I don't know. But I, I think that you will not see that group costing Nebraska games like you did in 20, uh, 2019. Yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good one. And I think that's kind of an important thing to mention. Um, I, I fully expect that their special teams will be better, not just because of Jonathan Rutledge, but also uh, with their coverage units and, and more depth on the roster, they're going to have better players or better athletes, I guess I should say. Uh, helping them out on special teams at times and less reliant on some individuals uh, that maybe weren't put in the best position uh, and asked to do a lot there. So uh, we'll certainly see what the uh, what plays out with special teams. So the other one on this, we need to we need to list a reason as to why we wouldn't be optimistic for 2020. Why perhaps you would be less optimistic that Nebraska would be improved in 2020. Well, this is – can I take the easy one again? Or do you okay. want to – Sure. Do, do you want me to just stop taking the easy No, you're, go ahead. I'm just going to go with this one. I mean, if, if they're not able to find some guys to emerge at the wide receiver spot beyond Wandale Robinson, they're going to have a tough time playing from behind or – moving the ball against teams that have good run defense. I mean, you can have a great offensive line and it can set up your running game and, and everything else, but you still have to have receivers that can make plays downfield. You still have to have guys that can step in and, and be, you know, good players. And I think a lot of people are assuming Omar Manning is just going to step in and be a potential all big 10 wide receiver. And I just, I don't know if I, if I would go that far, I think he's going to be rock solid. Um, but, like, what happens if, if he's not? And what happens if it takes Elante Brown and Marcus Fleming a little bit of time before they're able to make an impact? I mean, what you're returning is essentially Cade Warner, Wandale Robinson, two redshirt freshmen that barely played or didn't play in Jamie Nance to Marion Houston, uh, Chris Hickman moving over from tight end to wide receiver. But that's a reason alone to, to maybe slow the roll as to, to what the upside of this team could be. But – if a couple of those guys hit, it's only going to enhance what I think could be a pretty good offense in 2020. My, mine is on defense. And I think that as a collection of players, I think that Nebraska's defensive line has the potential to be solid. I, I think they've got a good rotation of guys. You're replacing three really key starters at the same time. You know, the, the, the number to me that stands out is average yards per carry. So Nebraska last year gave up 
1.82 yards per carry, which was 102nd in the country. They're there with San Jose State, Rutgers right behind them. And that followed a year in which Nebraska gave up five yards per carry. So moving, in the, right, moving in the right direction. However, that, that stat to me is a huge one when you start talking about making that next step. Because if you're able to stop the run game or at least limit it a little bit, you're getting off the field more, you're getting more offensive possessions, and, and you're kind of fitting into that style of play that has to work for Nebraska to have success. We'll see, um, you know, how some of these guys can, uh, can kind of step up. I, I like what Ty Robinson's long-term trajectory is. I think Ben Stilley can be a solid uh, defensive end for Nebraska. I think that they have, you know, three guys that they feel good about at that nose tackle spot, which is more than they had a year ago. But, you know, a lot of that is kind of guesswork and projection. And, and that, to me, until we see it on the field and, and kind of see this defense taking form, that's one area of concern that I have is how do you get better in that area? And until they do, I, I think it's going to continue to kind of be tough sailing for that defense. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, I, I am – I don't know if it's blind optimistic, but I, I'm optimistic that this defense is going to be – improve from what they were last year I just I continue to think that they're going to find new wrinkles they're going to find different pieces that kind of better fit what they want to do I think that some of those guys on the defensive line as good as Carlos Davis and Khalil Davis have been in the past I don't think they're irreplaceable I think that you could get similar production from Ben Stilley and from Casey Rogers from Ty Robinson from Mosai Newsom from DeAndre Thomas uh, so I, I think that'll help I, I just I really believe in Tony Tuioti I like the addition of Mike Dawson as the outside linebackers coach. I wonder if, uh, you know, and someone like Nick Henrich emerges at the inside linebacker spot, what that does for the overall defense. When you have a really good inside linebacker, I think that's going to clean up some of these things where they've struggled a little bit. So I am, uh, I am optimistic about that defense, um, probably more than most. Uh, but that, you know, that isn't the, the safest place to be when it comes to Nebraska football these days. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just looking back through stats, and I was looking at that 2016 defense. I mean, they were 30th in the country. Again, I mean, the, the schedule was not what they're going to be playing this year in terms of, you know, who's on it, and especially late. But, I mean, heck, if you could get to anywhere close to that, I think you'd, be, you'd feel pretty good about the way this season could potentially go for Nebraska relative to what expectations are. I completely, completely agree with that. All right, do we want to take a break, and then we'll come back with a little bit more? Yeah, let's do it. I got a couple more good ones, I think. All right, excellent. Well, we will, uh, we'll be right back with Husker 24-7. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back. Bruns, how did you use your time? Uh, I was trying to find more topics. It was uh, a little panicked, but I think we've got a couple. All right. Well, throw them at me. All right. So next one. Who's your – Who's your like looking at Nebraska's roster right now, who's your, your one guy that you see as being a breakout player? And I'll give you bonus points if the guy is already on the roster before, before the summer. The breakout guy, if he was already on the roster before this summer. All right. You'd think I'd have a ready-made answer, given that I was the one that suggested the topic. <laughs> you would but think. for some reason, it caught me off guard. And so I'm talking like this as I shift through my options. And I'm going to settle on a guy that isn't, it isn't a guarantee that he's going to have a starting job. But I'm pretty sure he's going to have a starting job. I like him a lot. The staff seems to like him a lot. I think he's going to take over Lamar Jackson's role. I think he can be a guy that has three, four interceptions, maybe more than that. I think he's going to have some pass breakups. I really like Braxton Clark. I think Braxton Clark is uh, so much better than I anticipated he was going to be initially. I was worried that he was a bit of a tweener where he's likely a safety, and, and I wondered if he'd be able to physically play that. Uh, but Travis Fisher has, has really gotten him into – a good spot. I think he can be a good corner in the Big Ten. I think he has the physicality to kind of control some receivers out there on the edge. I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here in October and we're talking about Nebraska's pass defense and, you know, there's Cam Taylor-Britt and there's Deontay Williams and those guys, but we're starting to talk about Braxton Clark as one of the next guys that really sort of matter in Nebraska's secondary. I think he can be a breakout player. What do you think on that, Brunson? Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. So in the VIP room this week, we kind of did our projected too deep for what, uh, you know, things will look like for the first game. And I think the, the secondary is tough to, to pin down because you have so much versatility back there. And I'm curious, in your, in your scenario, if Braxton Clark wins that corner job, who is your starting four, and where do you have DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor-Britt? I think that Cam Taylor-Britt will be the corner opposite of Braxton Clark in this deal because I think DiCaprio Boodle is going to be used in a sort of jack-of-all-trades role. Uh, he's going to be on the field a lot, and they're, they're going to have a lot of rotation at defensive back. But I, I could see Boodle playing nickel. I could see Boodle playing safety. I could see Boodle playing corner. Uh, but I, I really think – that they like the idea of a big corner and that they use Lamar Jackson a little bit like, uh, you know, a power corner and he would take and, and get a little physical with some guys. And I think that's what they want with Braxton Clark. And I think he can deliver that. And so uh, it, he's going to have a lot of snaps. He might not be the true starter on the depth chart, but he's going to play a lot of snaps. I fully anticipate that this year. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be fascinating because you have a guy, Deontay Williams, that the staff was raving about last year because of what he, could, what he allowed them to do defensively. 
You also have Markel Dismuke, who I think is respected a lot by the staff for, you know, what he did from just kind of getting guys lined up last season um, and, and kind of how that, that rotation plays out of interest. Because you also have Quentin Newsom back there who – I think can be very competitive for a starting job. You also have Miles Farmer, who the staff raves about his long-term, um, you know, standing and what it can be in the program uh, at safety. So as I was kind of going through that, I mean, you basically have, you know, six guys probably that, that you would feel starting, feel comfortable starting at various points in that defense. I mean, that that's, you know, as, as much concern as I have maybe about the, the front, the defensive front, I think that back seven, you know, or the back the back group there has a pretty uh, pretty good chance of being much improved from what they were a year ago. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's one of the reasons I'm I'm intrigued by this defense and and I'm optimistic by this defense is we're going to start to see these 2019 guys. We're going to see some more 2018 guys. Uh, we're going to see if Will Honus carries over and has kind of a breakout like he did in junior colleges last season there. I just think there's more out of that defense than what we've seen so far. And I do really like the way that they've slowly built up uh, some of those players. Uh, who who are you thinking here for the, the breakout? I mean, I, I think to me, the, the guy that, that makes a lot of sense on offense, um, you know, who's been, he's, he was on the roster, but he didn't play. I mean, I, I think Travis Vokalek is going to be the guy uh, on offense. I mean, we – Look at Sneaky Brunts over here, wanting yeah. someone that uh, – He was on the roster. was involved before. He was but, on the roster. No, no, you used it well. You, you <laughs> set it up well. You snuck it in under the under yeah. the wire. I mean, you, you did a nice job. I just wanted to compliment you on Thank that. Thank you. But I, I, he's got a he's got a tight uh, an NFL tight end body. I mean, he, he's a big target. He I think he can be really good for Nebraska in the run game. I think his the addition of Travis Vokalek allows you to go more out of two tight end formations, which can help this offense a lot as you kind of get those wide receivers up to speed. I, I think he's got the potential to to finally be the answer to the question of which tight end or how is Nebraska going to finally use the tight end? I, I just think that, uh, you know, when we saw him in, in the, you know, in the spring and, and, you know, last or last fall, I guess, um, you know, he looked like a guy that you're like, okay, he, he looks a little bit different um, than, than some of the other guys at that position. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's completely fair. I think Travis Vokalek is someone over there that they're anticipating a lot from this year and, and could be, one of those saying one of those guys that helps out in replacing passing game production and could be a real nice safety valve for Adrian Martinez. I, he's certainly on the short list of guys most excited to ask about and hear about when we get a chance to talk with these assistant coaches after some practices happen. Yes. Well, we got time for one more. You got one yeah, more question. We, let's, let's do it. We're here. Let's go with it. All right. So, let me double check to make sure that no no other questions have been asked since we've been chatting. All right. So if you could pick a, the position where Nebraska gets its next five-star commit, where would it be and why? I am a big proponent, big, big, big proponent of college running backs. I think that you look at Having a guy like a Jonathan Taylor or a J.K. Dobbins or, or whomever 
can really, really help you out. Now, obviously, you could get a five-star quarterback, and the, the numbers on that aren't as strong. But I feel like five-star running backs generally pan out in a big way. And so I, I really like the idea of you have this bell cow. You can use him. You're gonna, he's going to carry you on offense going to make guys miss. We're talking about someone good enough that uh, used to be first-round running backs, but that he could be an NFL second-round running back. I think that's a big deal. I think that that's really important, even in an offensive landscape that seems to, uh, to have devalued the running back a little bit. I think that in college football, the running back can still very, very much carry a team. And we've seen with pre- you know previous Nebraska teams that haven't been as skilled on offense – a running back can do a lot for you. And so I, I think that that would be the route that I would go. I suspect Michael Brunson is going to look on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, the the obvious one in, in Nebraska's offense is quarterback. I mean, a five-star quarterback that, that can run that offense as a, a runner and a thrower is a transcendent-type player. Can uh, I sell you on the idea that I am more convinced that Nebraska will have strong quarterback play going forward? than I am in what we've seen so far running back-wise. And it's, it has nothing to do with, with how guys have been recruited. It's just that I, I saw immediately what Nebraska saw in Adrian Martinez, and we all saw it manifest itself at times in 2019. I just – I believe in what they do at quarterback. So it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm just betting that they're going to have someone capable there all the time. Okay. All right. So I – you're correct in that I will uh, I'll go to the, de- the defensive side of the ball. If, if, you, if you could find a, a five-star linebacker and, and somebody that's on the outside, especially in a 3-4 defense, I think that that, that, pl- that can be an extremely disruptive player. Absolutely. Thinking back to the, the types of linebackers or, or pass rushers that Nebraska's had that just completely changed the way – and offense games plan, game plans. I mean, like a Demario Williams in 2003, I know they were running a 4-3 then, but, you know, he, you when you constantly have to account for somebody like that, like a Micah Parsons or, uh, you know, a Randy Gregory type, um, you know, it, it, it completely changes how your opponent can, can scheme and, and what they have to do. I think it was Randy Gregory, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it that, that Rutgers was basically having to double and triple team him when they came to Lincoln? Like it was it was kind of in, kind of crazy what they were doing to account for Randy Gregory. But I, I think somebody like that can elevate a defense in a big way really quickly. I mean, think a, a Chase Young type or, uh, you know, like a, like a Parsons or somebody like that who is just so disruptive um, and, and that person that can just put their hand in the dirt and go get after the quarterback, that, that's where I think Nebraska would benefit from uh, a five-star type player. Yeah, well, uh, I, I definitely get that. I, I definitely get that. I, uh, I think that would be a completely fair answer. And, and part of it for me is we just haven't really seen anybody like that at Nebraska outside of Randy Gregory here recently. Um, and I don't uh, – I, I couldn't argue against it. I mean, I, I, you could easily make that the case that that's uh, the best possible spot, regardless of what type of team you are, because it, it makes everything else on the defense a little bit easier, knowing that you have somewhat of an eraser there 
as a linebacker that holds up against the run and also can get after the quarterback and every other thing that you would be that you would be looking for there. Is there was there another position that was close beyond quarterback? Uh, running back would have been you know one for me. I think in the in Nebraska's offense. I mean, you you, you can see what what a just kind of a transcendent type player, either running back that, that duck our spot can do in Scott Frost's offense. So I, I would have probably gone that direction. Um, but I, I just, you know, it's been so long since there's been a disruptive presence as either a pass rusher or a linebacker at Nebraska, that that would be uh, very much welcomed. A, you know, a five-star elite nose tackle would be phenomenal too. Just the yes. idea of someone collapsing the game from the inside out. Uh, which is kind of what you you want from your nose tackles, would just be so much fun. Uh, it, certainly, we got a, a glimpse of it with Sue at times in a four three defense, but seeing it and uh, in a three four, and you've got a guy that can run like the wind, and he's built, you know, big and uh, can just collapse two defenders. Excuse me, two offensive linemen, his on his own. That would be pretty phenomenal too, because it just. With defense especially, you're just looking for a guy who makes everyone else's life easier, which is true, I suppose, for every position. But it, it seems to, to feel like there's almost more of an effect on the defensive side of the ball. But I might just be making that up in my own head. No, de- the, the general takeaway is that defense is, defense is fun and stifling, you know, really good defense is even more fun. I think that's the takeaway from that question. Yeah. No, I, I get it. And I, I, I definitely, looking back on it, I think I probably even have to agree that you have the, the more correct answer at the outside linebacker than the running back. Here's a final question for you. What, what is your favorite Texas Collegiate League baseball team? Favorite Texas Collegiate League baseball team? Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what your answer is. So I was curious to see if you knew any teams in the Texas Collegiate League. And don't look it up. I can hear you typing. Uh yeah, I'm I'm chatting with the people. <laughs> uh, check it out. This this is everybody's homework. Uh, the the Round Rock Harry Men, H A I R Y M E N. And as you uh, a, a a wearer of a beard, Mike Schaefer, I think you'd appreciate their mascot and hat. It's a uh, a guy with a giant beard and mustache with a waving a bat menacingly. Are you sure it's just not a picture of me? Uh, this is not you. <laughs> not far from it, though. I'm looking at the logo right now. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when you Google image, yeah, there I, apparently is a festival called the Harry Man Festival. Yeah. We're going to get some photos of that just so people know. Is it in Round Rock? Uh, I don't know where it is. I didn't want to investigate further, but there are a lot of sweaters on display. Yeah, look it up through uh, through Twitter. That's probably the safest way to do it. At R.R. Harriman on Twitter. Uh, wow. That's your that's – your, I thought you were just advocating people to research Harriman on Twitter. And no, I no, 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 no. Like, don't do that. No. Uh, but th- that's, uh, that, that's your minor league or collegiate league uh, team of the day. So – I like it. That's what I learned today, Mike Schaefer. I appreciate that. I uh, I learned something new as well. That's great. All right. Any final thoughts, Brunts? Uh, no. Fourth uh, of July is upon us. Uh, Nebraska. Are you gonna blow anything up? No. Are you a big fireworks guy? You go. Just- I was when I was a kid. I'm not anymore. I'm just. I'm over it. I. Uh, 
the home shows don't really do anything for me. Uh, I, I love venue shows. Like it's when it's when it's really really big. That's obviously really cool. But watching watching some dueling dads in a neighborhood fire off artillery shells, yeah. It's it's all fun and games until they turn the Roman candles on each other. Yeah, I don't under I really don't get the the allure that you know almost blowing up your hands have for some people. Yeah. Um, so I think by the time I got to college, I was basically out on fireworks, and then at some point you realize how much money you've wasted in your life on tanks, and you're just you're a little bit distraught over it if you're me. The uh, I, I was never a huge fireworks guy, and then I think. Jason Pierre-Paul pretty much eliminated whatever whatever little bit of fireworks guy was left in me. Mm. Understandable, understandable. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you have a good weekend here and have a nice holiday. And then, uh, you know, I'll talk to you in like two weeks because I'm going to take a week off myself. There you go. It'll be just brunch, mind in the store. Freedom <laughs> with respect. He's just going to do 40-minute podcasts all by himself next week. Yep, just monologue. Well, BC's back. You'll, we'll, we're going to hear some fishing stories, I'm sure. Assuming he can navigate himself. <laughs> Assuming he gets off the boat. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, have a good one, Brooks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.